That Triathlon Show 201. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and on today's episode we have a scientific triathlon coaches get together where James, Lockie and myself get together to discuss the topic of base training. This is one of the most asked questions I get from listeners for the Q&A podcast and uh, even more so I think from customers of our training plans when they have finished finished their plans or finished their last race of the season or their key race. What do I do now? Do I just restart the plan or how do I do this base training thing? So what we'll try to answer today, which is quite timely as most of you in the Northern Hemisphere at least are getting into this time of year when you're done with your season races for this year and next season's races are months and months and months away. So now the question is, what do we do with those months? And hopefully this episode will shed some light on that question. Just as a quick introduction, regular listeners, of course, will already know James and Lockie as they've both been on as guests in past episodes, which we'll link to in the show notes. And also, if you follow our Instagram or Facebook pages at Scientific Triathlon HQ, then you will have seen their athletes' race results in our weekly race reviews. So you will know that they are brilliant coaches, as evident from the results that their athletes are having in, in those races. And finally, if you don't remember, both James and Lockie are themselves elite level triathletes. Before we get into the discussion, big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Precision Hydration. And there is a great blog post on the PH website that I read recently called Salt and the High Blood Pressure Hypothesis. And this article discusses appropriate salt intake guidelines for sedentary people and how they are different compared to what good salt intake guidelines should be for athletes. And this goes especially if you're a heavy sweater and a salty sweater. For example, Andy Blow, who wrote this article, says that he can lose around 6,000 to 8,000 milligrams of sodium in a hard two-hour run. Compare that to normal salt intake guidelines in the UK and the US, which say that you should consume between 2,000 and 2,500 milligrams per day. So this goes to show that you can quite quickly become deficient and or in a sodium, uh, negative sodium balance if, uh, if you don't do some changes to how you think about sodium as an athlete compared to uh, a sedentary person. So that was an interesting article and there are tons of great content on the Precision Hydration website. Definitely check it out and also check out their free online sweat test if you haven't already to get a hydration strategy for your next race. You can try your first box of electrolyte product for free with the promo code Show, all one word, all caps, on precisionhydration.com. And big thanks to Roka. Roka has, as you know, world-leading products in wetsuits, trisuits, swim skins, goggles and high-performance eyewear and in that last category eyewear one of my favorite Roka products is on the eyewear side and it's the aviator sunglasses and the backstory to these sunglasses is uh, a pretty interesting one it all started with uh, Jesse Thomas rolling up to the wildflower uh, the famous wildflower race in California and for whatever reason that I actually can't remember not having any sunglasses for this race so 
he rolled into a gas station, uh, brought up five bucks, and uh, bought a pair of aviator sunglasses there, and raced in them, ended up winning Wildflower, and this later on became the catalyst for Roka Optics and their goal to redefine the standard in both style and performance. And on the performance side, you have unmatched optics and uh, patented Geeko fit technology, uh, non-slip. You have uh, excellent, excellent lightweight materials and uh, all sorts of really, really high-tech stuff that make these sunglasses so excellent. You can get 20% off your order on roca.com with the promo code TTS, all caps. So without any further ado, let's get into the discussion with uh, James Teagle and uh, Lachlan Kieran about base training. So James, Lucky, welcome back to that triathlon show. How are you guys doing? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, just uh, just taking off last year race of the season um, and obviously uh, coaching, um, you know, last Northern Hemisphere athletes through their last races and some of Southern Hemisphere athletes are starting to think about their race season. So it's an exciting time of year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good as well. Thank you. I am at the other end of the spectrum a little bit in the sense that I just had navicular surgery about three weeks ago. So halfway through the non-weight-bearing phase, uh, back doing a bit of swimming personally, but uh, certainly putting a lot of uh, focus on the rehab at the moment. Um, and from a coaching point of view, very much in the same position. You know, a lot of athletes now moving into off-season and kind of that base phase. Um, but obviously the Southern Hemisphere athletes are just ramping up with some big races coming up soon. Yeah, and that, that was one of the, the triggers for making this episode, that uh, a lot of the questions that started coming in for Q&A episodes were about that off-season or, or base training phase. So rather than just having endless Q&As all about the same topic, I thought that we might do uh, a big a big episode together about that and and discuss some of the the intricacies of of what to do and what not to do so let's start by just laying out some definitions so how would you define a base training or the off season in terms of how long it lasts when it starts and when it ends uh james uh, why don't you uh, take this one so okay so uh so off season is essentially for me the time when after your final race you know you take you take your break which you know anywhere from from a week to, to two weeks uh for the athletes i coach uh and then into like a, a build uh, a preparation to, to train phase so essentially you know you take that break and then you're you're kind of that's there for like the mental the mental side of things the physical side of things getting you ready for next year then you've obviously got it you've stopped training so you've got to get back into training properly and you know that that is the prep phase uh for my athletes so essentially getting moving again you know maybe some very very uh light intensity sessions uh you know that that kind of thing then you're into a a, ba- uh, a base phase which is you know anywhere you know around eight weeks uh and i, I class all of this as as off season yeah and then even the build phase after that which is you know building up to, to race season you know you're looking at another eight weeks there that that's still off season for me and you know the off season kind of kind of finishes when when your first race is you know less than a month away so you're, you're really doing that that race preparation phase um so for me yeah so just to clarify that's you know from your last race for the season all the way until you know around a month out from from your first race is, is basically what i call your off season yeah and uh lucky what do you, do you have anything to to add to that or or any uh, any thoughts around that um yeah i suppose i i do agree um in in that kind of sense but i guess there is two distinct phases uh, as kind of was mentioned i do like that phase of 
um, moving away from swim, bike and run for a little bit, um, you know, anywhere up to a month, I think can actually be good, good for some athletes. Um, but yeah, kind of two weeks at a minimum at my end. And that, that comes from, um, you know, I've also spent, and I'm sure you guys have as well as an athlete many years, not taking that break. And, um, it it can be a scary thing, I guess, for some people and and for a lot of us, uh, to, to kind of move away from the sport for, you know, over two weeks, it can feel like you're losing all that you've worked for, but I don't think it's necessarily the reality. And, um, yeah, I guess I term that base, that base training is when we kind of come back into a, a more general week of training that, um, that we kind of use before we get into the true preparatory phase for, for a race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just, I, I agree with, with both of you, the, the way that it's all really uh details or semantics where we we might uh, we might have different uh, ways that we term things etc what i like to do is to like as you guys said have that time off and for me i would say that two weeks is the is the minimum for most athletes but i do think that some athletes that train a lot like if the training load is high then they can benefit from more most of my athletes will will have two weeks off though uh, so it's it's rare to have more than that then uh, the the off season starts with just a four week phase where the training load as james said is light and you're really building into it and and uh, really your many athletes get frustrated because they want to immediately dive into uh, doing really hard work and start to build their fitness but uh, but i think it's important to take that sort of transition period and i, I really call it transition that phase and then the, the really long phase of the base training is uh, i like to use the, the traditional periodization terminology here and call it general preparation and that really depends on when the athlete's first race is i i like to call the the phase before be, between the general preparation and the first race is specific preparation and that can last eight to 12 weeks depending on the athlete and the race and after that we had a competition period but for me the base training is really that transition period at the, the time of the transition period at a general preparation which for many athletes if they start racing in june and they start to take their time off now uh, the general preparation period might be as much as uh, five six months almost so so it can be quite long but that depends on when your racing season start for you guys james for example that race the world cups european cups and uh, and those sort of races then the season is so long that obviously it's going to be much shorter than that so that's just uh the terminology that i i use around the the base training let's move into the yeah the, I guess, the, uh, yeah sorry go on i was just going to interrupt there and, and just say you know like that that true off period that we've all kind of talked about um you know we're, we're kind of talking about moving away from swim bike and run and i don't think it necessarily means you have to just sit on the couch all day and eat chips um i don't think any of us are advocating that it's just a time to go and do some other things that you kind of have neglected during that time. Um, you know, even the top athletes are still time poor. Everyone only has 24 hours in a day. So it's a really good opportunity to go out and try some, some different things, you know. I, th- I think part of it is just, you know, just that, just that mental break. You know, it's, it's a long way to, to next year. Basically, if you think about when you're taking your break, you've got to, you've got to race until, until this point next year. If you've, if you're you know, doing your last race this weekend. So you know, it's, that's part of it, and I completely agree with there. Uh, there with you, Lucky. Um, so, if you're so Lucky, I've got a question for you. If your athletes were, you know, taking their break, you know, say you're giving them a month, is that would you encourage them to not do any training at all? I mean, if they want to go for a little run, and is that a problem? Or um, um, I just, tend to you know, agree with. 
Carol, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I tend to agree with Michael in the sense that I'd like to see at least two weeks of no swim, bike or run, to be, to be frank. Um, and then if in that next two weeks we're bringing back anything, I'd really much prefer it to be um, to just be some technical work in, in terms of the swim. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess for probably people where I live in Australia, it's, um, you know, for the guys live up north and stuff, uh, even winter, it can still be 20, 25 degrees, very tempting to go out and do it. I guess if you live in Norway, Finland, where it's dark and cold, then, you know, your run's going to be on a treadmill. It's probably easier to uh, to resist. Yeah. I mean, because... You know, you hear, you know, you hear all kinds of things, and I've heard, you know, people who have come and, and trained with the squads I've been in, who have been actually they're quite annoyed that we've been doing, you know, a bit of training over in that period. Um, whereas, you know, obviously, yeah, other squads and other people, you know, would take that time completely off, like you say. Uh, so I think, you know, it's just quite interesting to hear to hear the different uh, approaches to that. I think, you know, personally, yeah. for me, it's it's just, you know, you just got to the mental break is what's important. So. Obviously, there's a physical break as well. And, you know, as long as you're not training uh, too much, uh, you know, I'm talking hardly anything. Um, you know, I don't see a massive issue with doing a bit, but obviously, you know, that, that's kind of against, you know, the, the purpose of a break. So if you want to do a bit just for enjoyment and for social, you know, that that's fine. But I wouldn't I wouldn't approach it through like like training for training's sake, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, um, I'll just, I was just going to say, look, I've, I've never, I, I heard plenty of people say, you know, I didn't have enough of a break, but I, I don't think I've ever heard mm. uh, anyone say, oh my God, I shouldn't have taken that four week break when they're six months down the track. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I've, I've definitely, I've definitely had- I think from a, from that men- mental break side of things, what, what really happens is that if you, let's say you, your coach gives you a, a free week break where you're, you're not allowed to, to swim, bike, run, you can do some other things let's say you live in in uh, scandinavia then why not go out and do a, a cross country uh cross country skiing uh skiing workout it doesn't have to be a hard workout but just go out and uh be active as you said not just sit on the couch and uh, and eat chips that's that's not the point but by getting away from that swim bike run when when you're coming to that end of the three week break you should feel like a little bit i think that like you're really almost climbing the walls of the house and you really want to get going again you should have that like burning motivation to get started with swim bike run because it's going to be a long long season and and if you're not like super motivated at the start then it's going to be difficult to to keep keep up even like a normal level of motivation when you when you get towards the end of it but also for the physical side of things that you talked about james i i don't think we should underestimate how important that side is to to have a slightly longer break in terms of adapting to the training load over a an entire season basically because i think we often can make the mistake of assuming that well we might train for two weeks hard or three weeks hard and then take one week easier and during that easier week we're going to adapt to all the training we did but but i don't i'm not sure that that always happens it's really because we build up so much training load over time that uh, that it's not necessarily the case that we always adapt to everything and we might need that longer break to really give the body the chance to to actually adapt to all the training that we've done and of course we also lose some fitness in the acute sense but in the in the chronic sense from a long-term view i think that having that longer break is going to allow us to to take on to really absorb and adapt to to that training load we've done almost the entire previous year in terms of like the loss of fitness you know this is a conversation i've had with a few athletes and you know you like you say it's it's not something to really worry about too much you know if you think about how far away race season is you know at some point you're gonna have to let your body recover and like you say 
uh, physically as well. Uh, you know, if you try and get over any, any niggles and stuff you got as well. Maybe you know that's the kind of time of year you know you want to take it really easy. You know, you don't want to push anything. Um, so, so for sure, I mean, you know, it is just kind of just kind of getting through that period, not training too much. You know, not worrying about loss of fitness and not worrying about you know if, if you put on a bit of weight actually because you know your race season's you know a long way away, um, and you know you got plenty of time to lose it. So I think you know. And then going back to that mental side, you know, just just enjoying life again, like like you say, like like, like you and like you both say, um, you know, doing something a bit different, you know, maybe maybe going uh, cross country skiing or something, so that kind of thing, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So if we move on to the next uh, topic on our list that we have here, uh, the objectives of the base training phase. Uh, what what do you think of of that? What are the different different things that we we really want to achieve during this period? Look. I think ultimately we're trying to, you know, get the athlete to a point that come that specific race prep, um, you know, we've built built their, you know, aerobic capacity as high as possible. And, and I guess once we get to that race, that race specific phase, that's when we really have to, you know, consider, um, you know, how we're going to race and, and those race pace, like what what is race pace, you know, um, before that, I guess, what I like to think of it is, you know, I, I do like to keep the athlete, um, you know, with a fair bit of different stimulus through through the base training phase. I don't think that it's all about just simple low intensity. Um, you know, I think that is a bit of a, a thing that people fall into. Yes, I think the majority should be, um, you know, that low to steady kind of effort. But um, I still think that, you know, we need to keep intensity in there. Um, at the same time as well, I think it's a really, really good time to work on the technical aspects of, of all three sports, really. Uh, swimming is obviously the most obvious where we can make some big gains with, um, working on those technical weaknesses. Um, and then probably the run and, and on the bike, I guess, you know, how much of it is technique. It's, it's not, not really, uh, kind of that obvious in terms of pedaling efficiency and things like that. But for those that can ride outside, great opportunity to practice some skills. Uh, and also, you know, things like working on your position, if that is something that interests you, uh, it's a really good time to, while you, if you're on the trainer in, in somewhere that is cold and, and wet and uh, dark, it's, it's a good opportunity to work on that position with someone who knows what they're doing and get your body used to it and see, you know, compare power numbers and things like that. Um, so I, I think that at the start of the base training phase, that's what we want to look at. From there, I do like a fair bit of strength work within the swim, bike, and run. So uh, that's pull boy and paddles in the swim is a good way for that. And then, uh, you know, low cadence work on the bike. I've found, you know, anecdotally to, to work very well for a lot of athletes. But, you know, if we're looking at, at why, I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about VLA Max on this podcast, and, and that's a really good way of bringing that down. So, uh, it's a great way to do that. And then similarly on the run where, where athletes can get hills and variable terrain, I think it's a really good opportunity to get out and just enjoy training for training. Yeah. James, what do you think about the objectives? Well, I, I more or less, you know, completely, completely agree with, uh, most of it really. I mean, in terms of intensity, yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be, you should have that aerobic stimulus as, as your main objective. So, you know, you're working the aerobic system, you're trying, you're trying to get as much of an engine as you can essentially in this period. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be variable. It can't, it can't be, it can't be boring, you know, saying the same thing. Cause you know, you just get stale. Um, you know, you, you've got to mix it up a bit. And in terms of intensity, you know, uh, you know, the athletes I coach are going to go for a, a phase of actually, 
you know, building, building the intensity. So, you know, we start off very easy. We might start off with like, in terms of, in terms of a tempo run, let's say, um, so they might start off with, you know, just, just a long run. Uh, and then gradually, you know, we bring in a bit of work at tempo. So maybe just 10 minutes at the start. And then, you know, by the end of the winter, they'll have done, you know, a couple of, a couple of sessions that, you know, almost, almost an hour long if they're racing half Ironman. Um, it's just that kind of build the gradual, gradual build across the base period. Um, so, so that, I think that's important. And like, again, going back to the technique side of things, I think, you know, technically this is definitely the time of year to start working on things, especially, you know, around a swim. So in race season, you know, you don't really want to be changing technique too much in, in my opinion, because, you know, it, you know, if it can slow you down, you know, if, if you have to think about, it, you know, if you are doing those hard, hard sessions, you know, t- changing technique is, is not the easiest thing to do. Um, so, you know, definitely, this is definitely the time of year to, to think about, you know, really, really improving that technique. Really focusing on your on your weaknesses. You know, both swim, bike, and run. And then, obviously, you've you've got the gym as well. And you know, I think it's the time of year in the gym to to really make sure that you are robust, especially because the volume is likely to be quite high, especially at the end of a end of a base period. So you know, especially that that first bit, you've got to make sure that you know you're working those areas in the gym that, that are going to make you robust. You know, injury prevention, that kind of thing, just to ensure that you know your season is is a good one and successful, and you, you don't have any any big issues. I kind of think of this phase as, you know, it's setting up your year, uh, it's setting up your engine, it's setting up, you know, how robust you can be, it's setting up your technique. Um, you know, it's, it's get, basically, it is what what you don't really see in race season, but but kind of is the, the background behind it, the scaffolding, if you like. Yeah, I guess, um, like, the crux of what we're both saying, really, uh, is that we, we, we're just aiming for consistency across this period as well. Um, so for most athletes that that really means that early on in as you start back training the load has to be uh, just total volume wise you know significantly less than what you were peaking at you know during your your top level training in the previous season so um yeah that is about just being really patient but if we can build that consistency week in week out that's that's what makes strong athletes season on season um and i guess you know what's been talked about on this podcast a lot is uh, you know that when we talk about intensity it doesn't have to be a lot of intensity you know like even just something like strides on the run can be so valuable and i i guess you guys agree with that too. yeah i i have a note here about the intensity and what i like to see as an objective here is to uh, keep in touch with all your energy systems and all intensity levels but that doesn't mean that you do massively hard workouts or anything like that so instead of during your racing season, if you do a VO2 max interval workout, you might do five times four minutes would, would be a really big one, a really hard one, but but that's something that you might do. Whereas in uh, the in this phase of training, you might do something like eight times one minute and you might have one and a half minutes of recovery on the bike, for example. So it's not a lot. It's, it's eight minutes of work and the recovery is long compared to the intervals, but you're just keeping in touch. You're doing enough to maintain it. And as James, James said, then you're working to progress that but but you're not necessarily going to extreme specificity or either on like one single system you want to develop them in in some sort of balance and of course it's going to depend a bit on the athlete and if it's needs their limiters and what their goal event is but but during this phase you're not necessarily looking too much at am i going to do an ironman or a sprint triathlon because there are basic 
basic things that that wonder athletes need regardless of the of the race distance so you want to do some you want to of course develop your aerobic system a lot but you want to work on on some top end aerobic capacity and you also want to work on some some anaerobic capacity so uh, so there are so basically having some sort of balance which uh, is dependent on the athlete but but doing doing a little bit of everything not at the same time necessarily but uh, but making sure that you get in a little bit of, of all those different systems yeah and, and and then as as you guys said yeah sorry go on oh sorry i was going to add in there just i thought it was a good time to um one of you know i, I guess dan lorraine speaks about it a bit but is kind of within that longer ride just something like a seven second sprint every 20 or, or 25 minutes um that's a great little little stimulus to have in there, and and it also is just good mentally as well. Yeah, yeah. I was I was looking at the uh, Dan Lorang was uh, was in Lisbon here last uh, last autumn and uh, had a seminar, and uh, we got some slides from there. So so I was looking at that actually in preparation for this episode because he had laid out his uh, basically by week the themes of each week examples of of how they lay out the the season so what they're working on each each week with the long distance athletes it was quite quite interesting but yeah he definitely has a lot of good points so that's an episode that that people can go back and listen to i do have one one more thing that i wanted to add and it's about the foundations that uh, that you both mentioned so one was being injury and niggle free i think that this is one of the reasons that taking the time off again is very important because it allows you to get rid of those niggles and sort of reset your body and as well starting out with a much lower load as uh, as you said lucky uh, the volume is going to be much lower but also i think see a physio like even if you don't have any issues this is the time to definitely go and do that incorporate strength and conditioning uh, ideally you might want to see a personal trainer a couple of times to work on your form for what program you're going to to use through the base season to make sure that that's on point and that goes along with the uh, the technique and the, the movement quality in in the three disciplines but also in the strength and conditioning that you do and then uh, finally just general health so making sure that at this time you're well not at any time of course but but really this is time to really not uh, not uh, skip skip on sleep and having a good balance between training and the rest of the things that you do because uh, you might get away with with skipping on sleep for for a few weeks when you're really in your peak peak volume phase it's not recommended but you might get away with it but if you do that throughout the base training phase then you might be a star in in february but in july you will be cooked so so i think that sleep is something that is and and balance in general is something that is really important to to keep in mind in in this period and just the general general health and having that goal in mind that you you shouldn't overtrain in this period. You're you're trying to be be good during summer during the racing season, not in winter in the base training season. Yeah, I totally agree. And look, I guess I, I wrote something on this quite a while back. But in terms of this, isn't the time when you're starting back. You know, we, we've talked about this just just now. Is like we you do expect to put on a little bit of weight, and I think you know now is not the time where you're looking to be in an energy deficit. Um, you're already loading up your body with, you know, some more volume than it's had for the last month or so, and you know, it needs to have the kind of uh, energy available to be able to handle that and recover properly. So, um, as we start back building this volume, it's not the time to be trying to also lose weight and get to race weight. You know, thirty-two weeks out from your main race. That's that's interesting because I would actually say, from my perspective, it's easier to do it during. 
sometime not necessarily immediately as you get back into training but during some period of the base training phase rather than doing it in the race phase uh, the competitive phase or the specific preparation one or two months out from the race when you really ramp up your training uh, that that's uh, but but it's uh, you you do make a great point there at the same time i just think that if you like you're really going to be more on the racer's edge during that closer to the racing phase so from that perspective i see the base training phase as a a good time to at some point and i'm not saying yes you can put on weight but maybe when you get to the latter parts of the base training so you get into february march or something you're still not at the racer's edge in terms of training but uh but you have already built up that consistency so maybe totally that's the time when, when you start to work on body composition yeah right. yeah okay yeah Don't. yeah i mean I, I totally agree as well i mean it's uh i, I agree with lucky i mean at the start of at the start of a base you know start of your off season I, I think you should put on a bit of weight you know you've probably been at race weight you know your immune system is probably going to be a bit depressed you know you come into war especially in northern hemisphere you know the winter period you know all those loads of bugs going around all that thing you don't want to be in an energy deficit you know you want to keep that consistent training through and actually it doesn't really matter if you put on a bit of weight but i think you kind of got to break it into two periods so i kind of see that that point before christmas as you know it's fine to put on a bit of weight and then after after christmas you know you're starting to think about races and is, is coming so you know just just start thinking about you know eating eating well you know not 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 overdoing it on you know the christmas pudding and things after christmas uh, and just you know gradually bringing the weight down but i just i just wouldn't i'd encourage my athletes you know i've had this conversation with a couple of athletes i coach that you know not to not to worry too much about weight just just see what happens whatever happens happens just just don't focus on it um because uh, as you say you know you want to be in tip-top shape for, for race season but it is a long way away yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a really good point of breaking it down with with before Christmas and after Christmas because uh, I think that uh, like nobody should need to be like really uh, like saying no thanks I don't want that, any of that delicious Christmas food because I'm worried about my race weight that that's not healthy in in any way so so that's that's a good way to to break it up into two different parts like putting on weight before before that and then maybe you start to to be a little bit more more focused on it if that's something that you even need to focus on that's not necessarily something that all athletes need to focus on but some athletes might have have that as a as a goal which is which is a a relevant goal and a, a good goal for them to to lose a couple of kilos for for the race weight but yeah not not hurrying into that too too quickly yeah that's that's kind of where i was coming from is, is certainly yeah just get that um that you know that general weight kind of in in swing before you start thinking about that too much mm, yeah all right so uh let's move on to the next point here so uh so what uh methodologies uh i guess do you have when you when you structure your your base training in trying to achieve these these goals that we we talked about can you break that down uh, starting with uh, with james this time okay so so what methodologies? So basically your base training period is you're, you're coming off that period of, of having your time off. So the first thing I'd say is, you know, methodology wise, we want to start, we want to start pushing on your fitness. And this is kind of the ideal time of year to, to measure your fitness because in race season, you know, you've got all these races, you've got things getting in the way. So actually the first thing I'd do is I'd start off a couple of weeks of training and then I'd, I'd do some testing just to see, just see where you're at. Um, you know, and if, if your race, if your races next year are, you know, long distance races, you know, you're, you're trying to work on that kind of really top end uh, of the aerobic system, um, not top end, you know, if you're trying to work on the aerobic system, then, you know, that that's kind of what we're, we're trying to build on, uh, trying to build through that consistency. You know, the first few weeks probably won't have, you know, much specific aims, you know, 
it's it's just you know getting that consistent training done and then you know after eight weeks you test again you know have, has your general fitness increased you know has has your lt1 uh, moved on you know are you running a faster a faster 20 minute time trial uh, are you swimming faster in the pool that kind of thing you know and then just keeping testing every every few weeks you know training should be progressive and you should just you should aim to tick off those sessions so whatever whatever your goals are this this is the time of year to just like like we said before get that consistency in and you know just work on the general fitness of of the of the aerobic system really before you go into anything too specific uh you know in that in that later phase does that make sense yep absolutely lucky well what are your uh takes on this yeah look i i tend to agree i mean if we're talking about the sports that anyone listening to this podcast is doing um no one's going to be harmed by having a better aerobic capacity um so i guess that's what we're, we're always looking to do is develop that aerobic system um as james kind of mentioned you know we also need to consider you know what events we're actually aiming for i mean there's going to be some distinctly different challenges for someone doing draft legal sprint distance than there is uh for doing you know an extreme ironman triathlon so um you know if it is that extreme ironman triathlon what do we have to consider well it's a very good time to get out and run trails for instance um you know i i think one thing that does get lost a lot for a lot of athletes um kind of at all times of year to be honest with you is uh easy easy swimming I think that um, for a lot of athletes that go to a, a squad or a master's session, it can actually end up being that year round, every session is focused on intensity. And I know I've spoken about this before, but um, I think there's a place in the program for, for kind of long aerobic swimming. I, I, I kind of interested to hear what you guys think on that. Well, that's it's it's interesting because uh, yeah, it's interesting because James, uh, you worked with me, helped me as in a sort of consulting role throughout this summer, and we, the thing that we discussed in in one of our calls, I remember, was uh, that I wanted to improve my my cycling and running and just maintain the swimming that I had built up. I felt to what for me was a good level in my race in may and i just wanted to maintain that and then what what you suggested and what we did is to do quite a lot of just aerobic swimming a bit of it quite a bit of it was at the higher end of the aerobic swimming so sort of like lt1 effort but uh, yeah that's what i've been doing basically throughout the summer and uh, it's absolutely helped me maintain my swimming with with quite a limited amount of, of intensity, to be honest. I've generally done like one session with with a bit of speed, but those sessions aren't terribly taxing. So I might do like a couple of 50-meter sprints and a, and then six or eight 25-meter sprints or something like that. And then one session that is more based around LT2 or, or something around that nature, so a more intense session. But then the rest of the sessions, two or three of them, would be just aerobic some of them higher aerobic some of them just easy recovery and technique and and that's worked well so completely agree i was, I was going to say so yeah i mean i think there's you know, going back to the master sessions especially if you're training you know in a squad of, of just pure swimmers there's that kind of temptation just that every session should be hard and you know you should be should be pushing yourself in that kind of competitive environment and you know when you go down to a master session you know it's very rare that you do an easy master session you know my experience is that you know it's kind of does end up being a bit of a smash fest so everyone just kind of ends up swimming you know just below race pace for as for as long as possible really um you know unless unless the session's really specific and you know you've got a coach that's you know really setting setting some guidelines there so it's just be careful and just just actually think about like what you're doing in these sessions especially if you know you've not got a coach prescribing prescribing those sessions properly 
Look, and I think, um, you know, when we're talking about methodologies, one thing that we didn't really talk about before is actually it's really important to down the last sequel jump to this base phase um, and actually assess, you know, assess that last season and, and kind of take stock about where our strengths and weaknesses were so that we actually have, um, you know, a bit of a path forward as we start back. Uh, I know for, for us here at Scientific Triathlon, we obviously use the inside testing um, a little bit for some of our athletes, and I find that's obviously gives us a bit of a look, you know, quote-unquote under the hood in terms of cycling anyway. Um, so that, that kind of stuff is very valuable. But, it, you know, there's there's plenty of other measures, you know. I think for most athletes it's pretty pretty clear where the strengths and weaknesses lie, and it's a really good opportunity to work on those weaknesses. I think that, um, that, that, that actual breakthrough race, is, you know, where you, where you actually have horizon. time off is – is a really good time just to just to take stock of you know what what have what has been holding me back this season you know what 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 motivates me and you know all those little things that you know you can take into next season you know just just take stock so for example the athletes that I coach you know I'm going to go over and we're going to, we're going to go pretty much go over every, every race they've done this season okay so so you know what was the general things that you know didn't didn't work out so well you know what, what's holding you back you know is is your cycling you know are you not running well off the bike or or something like that you know those those little things and actually you know identifying them now so we can do something about them later uh, in addition to that you know it's actually thinking about about what what motivates those athletes so you know actually what 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 we're we training for next year you know that that's really important that we have those and as as i said I'm linking this back to the, this question um you know, how that actually fits into you know what what we're trying to achieve over this base period so and you know using what methodologies because you know we, we need to have some aims for next next season um if, if that all makes sense yeah yep oh absolutely and look just to add to that i think that you know i know for a lot of my athletes certainly when it comes to to family and work they can assign you know, an eight week or, or 10 week period where they, they, you know, have acceptance from the family and, and whatnot that, you know, training is going to take a little bit more priority. But through the rest of the year, we kind of have to understand that, um, you know, training isn't going to have that same priority. So we need to make sure that we create a week that is actually achievable for the athletes and isn't going to be causing, you know, other problems or adding stress that just can't be handled because we need to kind of, you know, look at the athlete as a whole, you know, we even top pro athletes, you know, unless you're in that top 10, 20, a lot, a lot of us are still working and, um, you know, have relationships and stuff. And, and all of that needs to be taken to, into account, um, you know, especially at this time of year, because, you know, that eight to 10 week race prep phase, you can maybe, you know, ask for a little more leeway, for but sure. you can't be asking for that necessarily. I'm just going to run through two weeks a year. the sort of, uh, structure that I or the methodology that I have to when it comes to planning what to do in the base training phase here so a lot of the things you've already mentioned so looking at what races are coming up next season and what the goals are for those but but also looking back and taking stock of where we were and where we potentially fell short uh, this last season and where the athlete currently is so uh, so that is sort of the starting point of planning and when I when I plan, I know that uh, very few plans survive uh, the first enemy contact. So so things are going to change. I still think I still like to put out a like a long term plan, sort of almost like a periodization structure. Although I don't know that periodization is the right word, but just uh, I guess a, it's just a plan. It's just sort of giving the big themes for what we will be focusing on week week by week, and and what what's going to happen happen throughout the next 
half year or full year almost when when we create this this rough big picture plan so so anyway the the, the starting point for me is to just uh, just demarcate the different phases that i have which includes the the break the transition which is where we're really easing back into training and then the general preparation period which is the longest and biggest with and which can you can call basically base training and the specific preparation which is the last maybe two months before the first race and then the competition season i also include different strength training phases for most athletes that uh, will be doing strength training there are a few that don't just because they are very limited on time and then they just be doing they will just be doing basically the same sort of home-based core uh, strength and stability year round but most athletes i do want to get into the gym and then we the strength training is periodized a little bit differently or uh, alongside these these phases so that's also uh, going into the plan and then what i like to do as well is to to block out specific weeks or periods where we'll have recovery so lighter weeks that again might change based on if things are coming up for the athlete then we might move things around but it's good to have a a baseline structure for that the next thing that i do is to to look at the different disciplines let's say we have an athlete with a weakness in cycling then i will definitely want to include some blocks where we focus more on cycling than on than on the other disciplines and vice versa for any any discipline so so basically charting out in which weeks or blocks we might be doing a little bit more of one discipline compared to the rest and uh, and having that laid out in the plan and then then finally comes the the training objectives so so in which phases are we working and again we are going to work a little bit on everything probably but uh, what is going to be the main focus of of each block or each week is it going to be aerobic development technique is it going to be building into vo2 max or or tempo work or or something like that so actually those are more the training types but but the aerobic development or technique or maintenance or anaerobic development even for some athletes that are really low on that side those might be the big training objectives that i would map out and then finally the that breaks down into the different training types that we are using to achieve those training objectives so for aerobic development for example we will probably be using quite a lot of of work around lt1 just below uh, lt1 and uh, but then also including some of those lighter intense sessions like the the light vo2 max session that that i mentioned and and gradually building those up so so that also goes into the the structure so so that's basically how i plan out the the entire year essentially although typically the plan ends around the first race then it becomes less or a bit more vague and a bit more open because i know that things change so much in race season and and i also admit that uh, no athlete has ever like we've never kept even 90 percent of the plan for any athlete but but if we can p- keep 70 percent, then that's already really good and it gives uh, it, it makes sure that we have the big picture in mind at all times and and we we hit the targets that this athlete needs based on where they are strong and weak respectively and also what their event goals for next season are etc so that's uh, that's how i sort of go about planning and, and the methodology i use when when it comes to to mapping this out yeah and i just wanted to touch on that point you made there about you know that kind of recovery week and um you know i, I think through this phase sometimes it's really good to be uh, adaptable with where that falls you know in in the sense that if a, if a week pops up in someone's life that kind of dictates the need for that 
for that to happen, then that's a really good opportunity to to pop that in. Um, as opposed to you know if we're if we're structuring it every X amount of weeks, I think you know what happens when you know you've got that busy week uh, in you know one of your your bigger weeks. It it, it kind of is a really good opportunity to um, you know put those quote unquote recovery weeks in line with with weeks where you know maybe you just don't have the time availability yeah 100 percent. the things things change it's um it's just a starting point to to have it mapped out like this but yeah you you need you need that flexibility yeah yeah absolutely going back to that point earlier i was going to say i mean that, that ties in exactly you know like you just said um you know with, with uh you know having that mental break and you know maybe making sure that you know you do you do prioritize family uh well not you know make sure your your family is getting you know what they need from you make sure your work's getting you know what they need from you because like you say you can't be you can't be training you know as you do in that that race specific phase you know 52 weeks a year so i think i think you've got to kind of realize that this is the time of year where you go okay so maybe i've got a family event on or something you know can can i move something around you know can can i do that swim session another time or or something like that and i think this is this is the time of year where you've really got to take take the time to do that just just in terms of you know your general well-being uh throughout throughout the whole year after that as well you you don't want to be you don't want to be taking all that stress through through the uh through the uh the winter period because you know there's going to be plenty of it as, as you go up to race season this is not the time yeah absolutely Let's move on to the next yeah. uh, point then. It's about how do we know that we are, and this is, I guess, especially important for self-coach athletes listening to this. Uh, how how can they know that they're getting it right in the base training phase? What what are some things to look out for to make sure that things are are going well? What what should they feel like, and how should uh, they perform, etc.? Well, in my opinion, if you know, working with the coach, um, especially, or if you have a plan that you've created yourself, even, um, you know, the number one measure is, are we actually able to hit the sessions, you know, in terms of if there's 10 sessions a week and we're hitting four, you know, and we're actually only completing four, there's a bit of a problem there, right? We need to, first step first is going to be, are we actually have a program that's achievable? Um, so I think that's your number one step. And, and that's, you know, that's a bit of give and take from the coach and athlete in terms of, um, you know, that can take a couple of weeks to really work out what what is achievable, you know, at this time of year, especially if it's a new relationship and you haven't had that off-season yet. Um, and, and for yourself, I guess that comes down to being realistic with your time and energy available, like what you can actually do. Um, in terms of in terms of how you're feeling, I guess, as, as you touched on before, Michael, sleep should always be a priority but you know at at this time of year um if you're only sleeping five or six hours a night yeah you're right it's going to catch up with you in the long run um so if that means that you have to cut back to one session a day so that you get your seven eight hours of sleep a night then so be it um you know it's going to pay off in the long run in my opinion i'm sure you guys agree with that um you know we can't just expect to be walking around like a zombie and I guess you know there is a point in Ironman training where sometimes you do feel a bit like that um but it's just not sustainable year-round so we don't really want to be walking around you know in that super fatigue zombie-like state at this time of year I think that's probably a really not a great sign um in saying that though look I guess you know through the base the base phase is, is a time when um I guess 
we do see people going to say, I mean, for some European athletes, it might be going to Mallorca for a week um, or something like that. And I'm certainly not against that. I think having that big kind of quote unquote overload week certainly has its place. Um, as long as you give it the respect that it deserves in terms of recovery. Um, in terms of knowing if we've got it right, I guess we can use performance measures certainly, but I think I don't, I'm not sure that PBs is the way to go, but more so, you know, let's set those zones and, and those performance measures at the start of the base training phase and see how we progress through it as opposed to comparing everything to our best. Because if we're comparing everything to our best, the, the reality is early on, it can be pretty demoralizing, um, especially if you're already kind of towards the, the top of your ability. Um, so I think it's about progression relative to where you start. Definitely agree. James, what, do, do you have uh, anything to add to that? Um, so, yeah, I just, I just you know, uh, buy into that again. So you know, it's, it is just, the you know, it's got to be achievable, like you say, Larky, um, for sure. And that achievability, you know, has to come through, like, like we identified earlier, the, the consistency is really what is important through this period. So it's just consistently ticking off those sessions. And if the sessions aren't, aren't achievable, then, then that's not going to happen. So that's, that for sure has got to be one of those things you've, you've got to identify is, no, am I, am I achieving these sessions? And, you know, if, if you're not, then the odds are, you know, you're not going to be very consistent or you're not going to be very consistent with any sort of quality training. Um, in terms of actually, you know, like you said, you know, you, you're not going to be hitting PBs. And I think, you know, athletes do worry through this period. You know, I'm not, I'm not so fit. You know, it's not going so well. Um, and, you know, it's just, just holding yourself back because you got to realize how far away uh, you are from race season, how far away you are from, from probably, you know, peak fitness. You know, if you're hitting PBs in this period, um, actually, you know, it depends on who you are, but you might be quite worried. I, you know, personally as a coach, I'd be, you know, well, maybe we've pushed this a bit too hard, a bit too soon because, you know, it's a long way to race season. So unless you're quite a novice athlete, um, you know, PBs in this period, you know, I'd be, I'd be quite wary unless unless you've done something amazing or, or there's, there's other external factors. You know, we, we don't really want to be in peak form until, until, until we are hitting race season. So, so I'd just be, just be wary around that. I think doing some testing, you know, every eight weeks or so just to test, uh, test, test those zones just to make sure that, you know, you are improving, you know, consistently, you know, you're, you're able to hit slightly bigger power numbers, you know, that, that kind of thing. I, I think that's a good measure of, you know, are you improving? But, but generally, like, like you say, um, I wouldn't worry about comparing where you were, you know, in race season to, to where you are over, the, especially that, that initial part of, of a base period. Yeah. yeah. And look, when we're talking about testing, I guess, you know, I, I think we would probably all agree that, yeah, sure, there's a lot of conjecture about a 20-minute test and does it actually, you know, is 95% of that really what we could hold for an hour and, and went from where I sit? Um, it doesn't really matter. That's not what we're after. We're just using it as a performance measure and and in that sense, you know, we can use it. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think you're both spot on there. Like we can use testing to see if we're progressing, but we shouldn't compare that to our peak numbers that we ever achieved. We should compare that to how we're progressing through this, uh, this base uh, training phase and, uh, and remembering at all times that we're not looking to be at our best at this time of year. We're looking to be at our best during the, the race phase. That's, uh, and, and you can't be at your best throughout the year. So, so staying patient as hard as it is, is, is super important. And uh, to to add to the sleep uh, factor that you mentioned, Lockie, I just think in general, 
we should feel that we were not under too much fatigue. I mean, sometimes you are fatigued, sure, you might have some heavy training, but you shouldn't be right on the racer's edge at this time, even if you're, which you can be when you're at that race-specific phase, when you're training, even if you are sleeping seven, eight, nine hours, you, you can still feel like you're on the racer's edge, but this is not the time you are to really be pushing the limit because that's, I think, when you when you might end up peaking in, in this phase and uh, and then you don't perform as well in the in the race phase and and in addition to that not being too fatigued uh remaining motivated i think is really important so and if you're training a bit too much or a bit too hard then that can be quite difficult if you if you get the right balance you you should find it easier to to stay motivated and uh, and i guess that a good a good uh, litmus test there is uh, do you always have a little bit left in the tank that you could do one more interval when you do your hard workouts then then you're probably hitting hitting a pretty good good sweet spot there yeah, I guess it's just about, you know, noticing the difference between what is acute fatigue and what is, you know, them becoming chronically kind of fatigued. And we want to avoid that in all aspects of life, not just training. We want to avoid chronically fatiguing any any part, you know, any part of it from any part of our life. So, um, yeah, acute fatigue is okay, as, as you spoke about, you know, having a hard session and, and even a hard few days. But if it's every week we're just feeling more and more fatigued then you know we've got to have a look at what's going on there because it's easy to dig a hole on that point i think you know as you mentioned earlier lucky um so like a like if you're going on a training camp in this period i think it's very important you, you don't overdo overdo it with training because you don't want to you don't want to put yourself in that hole so i think just if you do go on a training camp then obviously you know raising the volume a bit but but not doing it by by massive amounts but by, by any means um you know, making sure you get that stimulus, but but not enough that you know you come back and you're, you're in that hole for the next two weeks because then it kind of undoes all the work that you've done. Uh, I've seen athletes do this in the past, so it's just a wa- uh, word of warning. Uh, just just be careful around that and be clear on what what you're trying to get out of each each session and in each phase. Yeah, absolutely. I think with the training camp, one of the biggest benefits is not that you suddenly double your training volume; it's that you increase your sleep time from seven hours per night to 10 hours per night in, instead and and you you do bump up your volume a bit but but you keep that controlled as you say and and with the additional sleep then that's uh, that's doable and you can recover from that and not dig yourself into the hole into a hole but if you suddenly go to a 25 hour week from training nine or ten hours then then that's probably going to be take a long time to recover from so that's actually a good lead into the next topic that we have here. So common mistakes to avoid during this phase of training. Uh, Lucky, uh, let's uh, start with you. The common mistakes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, uh, the, we've, we've kind of covered quite a lot of them already. Um, you know, sleep is obviously the number one thing at all times of a training program and, and just throughout life, whether or not you're an athlete. Um, so it's something that we really need to place a high emphasis on, especially at this time of year. Um, as I talked about before, I think that, you know, meeting energy demands is a really big one. And I think, you know, you have to consider that, um, kind of, this is athlete dependent, but if we're talking someone that, you know, let's just say, for instance, they have a 300 watt threshold on the bike. And I know we talked about this the other day, Michael, but, um, you know, if, if your LT1 is at a level and, and you're doing quite a lot of work there, the, the caloric demands of that can still be very, very high. And, um, you know, I think at this time of year, we have to understand that and make sure that we're just meeting 
that energy demand that that we're kind of creating um and, and that's you know relative to how much volume you're actually doing and, and that kind of thing but i think it's relevant for everyone um we, we don't want to be going into you know that relative energy deficiency um that, that's where you know we kind of fall into a lot of trouble for you know for males especially i mean that's low testosterone and we know for females it's you know you know their hormones can be kind of thrown out of whack as well and that just brings a whole bunch of problems so we really want to avoid that um you know as james spoke about really really good time of year to make sure that you know life is always a give and take and you know there are points throughout the year where you're going to be asking to get to kind of take a little more from whether it be family or work and this is the time that you know you have to give back a little bit so i think that's that's really important and i think that keeping that balance in life and perspective um, is something that we should always be striving for kind of no matter the level of athlete and and i don't think this is the time of year to to ask to take 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 um otherwise it's you know it, it can lead to problems that really i mean you have to consider why we're doing the sport and it's you know because we love training and because we love enjoying it it's not to ruin relationships and and uh you know lose our job over yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I wrote down, you know, a very similar list to, to actually what you've what you said there. So I'll just briefly go over it. My, my, my first point was, you know, you don't want to overtrain in this period. So you, you don't want to overdo things. I think we, we spoke about that, you know, uh, just, a, just a moment ago about, you know, too much fatigue and too much, too much chronic fatigue. You know, you d- definitely don't want that from this period. Uh, the other point I have is, you know, overcomplicating things. So I think this is an e- easy time of year to start thinking about things, you know, and actually just, just not getting the training done. I mean, what you want from, from this period is just the consistency, as we've spoken about before. So you, know, you really don't need to overcomplicate things. Uh, the third point I had on the list is, you know, again, tying back to things we've already spoken about is taking it too seriously and, and not enjoying um, your training. So, you know, you like, like you just said, Lucky, you need to enjoy triathlon to do it. You know, if you're not enjoying it, then there's something wrong. Uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it or maybe you should be doing it slightly differently because, you know, this is a time of year where actually, you know, you, you've got you've got to enjoy what you're doing. Um, if, if you're not enjoying it, then 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 why are you doing it? Um, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And you shouldn't be taking away from, from your family and, you know, you should be maybe, you know, maybe prioritizing uh, other things like, um, you know, spending time with loved ones and that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, obviously getting the training done and getting it done consistently. But, but, you know, not taking it too seriously that, that you stop enjoying that. And I think that that is a really good point you made around around the eating as well. So, you know, it is, you know, massively important. You're getting, you know, enough food in. You're getting, in, you know, enough that you're not in an energy deficit. And, you know, going on those points about hormones and things like that. Also, you know, I've been involved in studies where actually, you know, things like bone health, are, you know, having having a massive you know, having an energy deficit really doesn't help with bone health and, you know, and the kind of injuries that are associated with that. And same kind of thing with, you know, with muscle building, you know, you, if you want to, if you want to improve, you know, the amount of strength you've got and, you know, your muscular capacity, then actually, you know, under eating is, is not going to help you with that. So just being very aware of, of that at this time of year. Yeah, look, and I'll give you just an example uh, for myself anyway. I guess it's a little bit different here as an Australian living in Australia but still wanting to race more to a Northern Hemisphere kind of calendar as we're kind of dictated to with Ironman and whatnot. Um, you know, at this time of year, for me, say over December, is, you know, a lot of the, you know, the European cyclists come home for summer and um, all of that kind of jazz. So there's just a lot of opportunity to go out and do fun things. It might be a, a long ride but, you know, you're stopping for half an hour halfway through to eat cake and talk rubbish and on the way back there might be, 
you know, a few efforts up hills and yeah, but you're still getting this opportunity, a wonderful opportunity to kind of touch on all energy systems, have fun, be out in the sun, um, you know, and, and keeping that joy in training and just doing things for fun, um, I think is really important because sometimes we lose sight of that once we get into that really race specific phase where everything's, you know, race pace, um, looking for specific intervals and that kind of stuff, you know, we can actually use opportunities you know, like a bunch ride or whatever it might be where we're actually getting great stimulus but not really doing it in such a structured sense. 100%, yeah. It, that's, uh, if I go through my list a bit, that's one one of my first points here to a uh, common mistake is to rush back into full-on training where you, well, first of all, rushing the volume, so not taking that gradual build-up of volume that we talked about, but also rushing back into like doing a lot of really structured intervals and a lot of really hard work to be honest that's uh, that's a common mistake i think another one is looking too much at what other people are doing look i think a lot of people are making a ton of mistakes so so it doesn't make sense to to do necessarily the thing that your uh, your buddies are doing they might be building their ftp and uh, and it's growing at a rapid rate but are they going to be a january star and then burnt out in in july uh, i think a lot of people that get too fit too soon that that's that's what what ends up happening to them and and i think we had a perfect example here in portugal actually in the in the tokyo test event in the mixed relay i think three out of four of the portuguese athletes that actually participated in that relay were injured or coming back from injury and they were all really fit in march when the season started here with the first races but uh, they just ended up getting injured i just think that they did too much work too soon following following a lot of the the training and and listening to or talking with people that, that know what their training is like i think that's and that's it's not just them it's a lot of people i think that that's happened to but that was a, a a sad example because i would have wanted them to do do well obviously since uh, i can't really support finland since we don't have a mixed relay team anyway so i'm choosing to support portugal um so yeah and let's not forget that you know social media is people's biggest days and best sessions it's not uh necessarily the reality of the day in day out yeah absolutely yeah so social media strava all of these things can may they facilitate making mistakes so so try to not let them affect what you're doing and just focus on on you and uh so so you're not trying to be in your in the peak shape of your life right now but on the flip side as we talked about you don't want to lose touch of uh of your all your energy systems and intensity levels for for too long either but that doesn't mean that you do your hardest work now but you you want to stay in touch with with all of them and then we talked about overtraining and uh, management of, of fatigue and the chronic fatigue especially and uh, then two more points one is not focusing on strength and conditioning and, and building the the chassis for being robust and and actually being able to handle the the harder training load that will come later on and then finally i think that uh, not just winging it not not planning it is a mistake even though as we talked about already plans can and will and should change you need to have flexibility but uh, but i think plans are good starting points and they uh, if you especially well both as a coach and a self-coach athlete i think they give you a sort of accountability and that then if you are doing changes you need to motivate yourself why am i making this change is this a smart change but you also need to motivate to yourself is this the the best use of this week two months from now with the information that I have available at this time. And then later on, if you find new information that makes uh, that makes you change that week to something else, to some other theme, then that just means that, well, you have new information and now you 
you know why you think that it makes more sense to do something else, but you still had that initial sense of what might make sense to do. So you're just improving your chances of having doing good, effective training. So those were were most of the points that that I had. And then, of course, all the other things that you already mentioned, I completely agree with them as well. So uh, let's uh, move on then to have the final question, actually, the final topic that I want to talk about, because I think that we can skip the, the sample training week that I initially wrote down here. I don't think it makes sense to do that, actually, for this episode. It's going to be so varied. So so let's go with uh, the final topic, which is outside of training, what are the other important considerations during the base training phase? And uh, James, why don't you start? So I think, you know, we touched on this already. I think outside of a base, outside of training, you know, there's lots of things you can do to, to try and improve your performance. Obviously, you know, the first one, you know, away from what I just said is, you know, just, just enjoying your time. So making sure you're enjoying your life, making sure that you've got a good balance, making sure that you've got consistent work life training balance um and that, and then away from that so things that you know are actually going to improve your performance in triathlon but but aren't necessarily training related you know i go away and i think about things like if you are an ironman athlete something's like you know can you be more aerodynamic you know and if, if you if you think you can you know you can uh that's the answer to that um you know go and get a bike fit go and go and get your equipment tested go and go and think about you know what what you're using and then there's also you know side around things like you know nutrition you know are you are you you know using the best nutrition plan in racing? Are you you know are you eating well outside of outside of training um, around, and around training? Um, and all those things you know you can go go and think about and you know implement around your training, but and they will have a big impact on your training, but aren't necessarily training related if if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know why you got to add to that. Um, yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with pretty much everything you touched on, and. I guess the only other thing um, that I would kind of add there is, um, you know, we've seen this shift, especially in probably the last couple of years, um, just in kind of day-to-day life, but this this move towards um, working on things like mindfulness and, and utilizing meditation and stuff. And I think this is a really, really good time to work on that and create a bit of a routine around it because it is beneficial and um, it is it is a really good opportunity while you have maybe a little bit more time to um, – to take the time to to work on those skills as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Uh, def- definitely, uh, I have a couple of other things to add. I think that this is a good time to get a basic blood panel done, and uh, I think that's something that can be beneficial uh, to do once per year. And uh, and the base training phase when you are in a lighter training load phase, especially, I think it makes sense to do it early on. So maybe once you get out of your season break or in the first few weeks of, of that transition phase is a good time to do that. I also think, as I mentioned already, seeing a physio to make sure even if you are not injured, even if you have no niggles, I think that's something that is absolutely beneficial to find out if you have any imbalances or things that might end up being injuries down the line. And then, as James said, having a bike fit, that that can be, even if you had one last year, if it, for many, it makes sense to have one every year. Not necessarily for everybody, but but it's definitely not a bad thing. And uh, and then sleep we already mentioned. So so I think those are are mostly it. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my list. All right, guys. So this was really great. That's uh, that's all I had, and I think we covered a lot. And I hope that uh, the listeners will get a lot of value from it. Do you have anything else that uh, that you want to mention or? 
or any final final words of wisdom uh, or take home messages for listeners i just i just say you know just just make sure you're enjoying training uh enjoying triathlon i think that's the most important thing and, and don't make it too complicated yeah i tend to agree you know um kind of assess assess what what it is that you love about this sport and and you know why you do it and and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons perfect that's a great note to end on thank you and uh, look forward to doing this again soon sounds good so i hope that you enjoyed that episode and found it useful and that it answered a lot of the questions that we've been getting you can find the show notes on that as usual Although I should say that they might be maybe a bit late or not quite the same style as normal as uh, Samantha, who usually creates the show notes, is on a well-deserved vacation. So so bear with us if uh, there's uh, any difference compared to the normal style of uh, the show notes. We will have linked to the related episodes, the interviews with James and Lucky in the show notes, of course, and in the podcast description. And in next Monday's episode, I interview Conrad Geringer, who I was introduced to by our mutual friend Rob Sleemaker. And thanks to that introduction, Conrad and I ended up meeting in Nice when we were there for the Ironman Saint Free World Championships and had a great long chat and then decided that we should record a podcast episode later on with the focus on training for time-crunched athletes, which is Conrad's specialty. So that's out next Monday. And in the meantime, as usual, there will be a Q&A episode on Thursday. So stay subscribed to the show so that you don't miss any episodes. And also, please tell a friend about it. Keep spreading the word. It really helps out. And if you haven't left a rating and a review, those are the currency of podcasts. So uh, your effort in doing that really does matter and goes a long way to keeping the show sustainable uh, because there's a lot of work, both time and money that goes into the, into the podcast. So we need to keep growing it to, to keep it sustainable and realistic to keep producing it at the current rate and quality. Big thanks to our sponsors, Roka, that you can find on roka.com. You can get 20% off your order with the promo code TTS, all caps. And thank you to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Take their free online sweat test to get a personalized hydration strategy. And try a box or tube of electrolytes for free with the promo code That's Triathlon Show, all one word, all caps. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.